This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. It is The Buck Sexton Show with Mike Opelka sitting in for my pal Buck Sexton. Hello, members of the Freedom Hut. I am coming to you from the Free Speech Bunker in Delaware. It is, uh, it is my home in Delaware that I am uh, broadcasting from, and I don't know if you heard the phone go off. I tried to turn it down, but there it is. The minute we start the show, the phone rings. I'm filling in for Buck today. He should be back tomorrow. We are attempting to give you as much uh, breaking news as well as coverage on all of the craziness that's swirling around Washington, D.C. today, all of the uh, predictions about tonight's selection by President Trump of his very first very first Supreme Court nominee. I say very first because I'm anticipating more than one, possibly as many as three in the first four years. Yeah, that's right. As many as three. And wouldn't that be amazing? It would, it would be, uh, I think, shaping the court for years and decades to come if that happened. But today, everyone's focused on Two or three different issues. Number one, obviously, the Supreme Court picked tonight just after 8 o'clock, we should know. And about 8.01, you should see people either melting down and doing handsprings or uh, crying. Or picking up signs pre-printed by someone who knows George Soros and marching. It's, I imagine it's, it's already set. And during the course of the show today, first of all, you are welcome to join the conversation. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. And weigh in on my vital question poll on, on uh, Twitter. My handle, of course, at StuntBrain. All one word, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. Who do you think Donald Trump, President Trump, will nominate for the Supreme Court spot? Is it going to be uh, Pryor, Gorsuch? Hardiman, or you don't know, you don't care. Currently, Gorsuch, the guy I think, has the inside track. And I have talked with senators from my state here in Delaware, and they both think Gorsuch has the inside track as well. That said, Chris Coons, a reasonable guy from Delaware, said he would love it if the, if the GOP would actually give Merrick Garland a hearing. And my response to him was, you know that ain't happening. And, of course, he laughed. But it's not happening. And I don't know why they would expect it. They have threatened, as you've heard, to uh, filibuster any and every selection by President Trump unless it is Merrick Garland. And so we anticipate a fight. We're going to see a fight. 
Um, I just hope that the Republicans don't get sucked into using the nuclear option and changing the rules because, as I told Democrats back in 2009, when you change those rules, they're going to come back and bite you. And they have. Uh, they changed the rules and, and now thinking they would never be out of power. And now they face the reality of the rules taking a chunk out of them. So we'll go into the Supreme Court. But again, I encourage you weigh in. Be a part of this conversation. Where do you stand? Why do I think Gorsuch is the inside track? Well, I think I, I, I guess I should look at Hardiman because of the bloodline connection to the Trump family. Hardiman's on a court with Donald Trump's sister. And Donald Trump tends to lean on family. Let's look at uh, let's look at his son-in-law. Let's look at his kids. So will Donald Trump play this game? I don't know. Or will he go with the choice of uh, most folks? Gorsuch Pryor's such an outsider. But we're going to talk to uh, different folks about this today, as well as the immigration uh, story and the latest on that executive order. Andy McCarthy will be joining us at the bottom of the hour best-selling author and uh, contributing editor at National Review. Plus, he is a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District in New York, so he has a little knowledge on all this. Um, and I think Matt Walsh is joining us next hour, as is um, Mark Serrano from uh, Proactive Communications. So it's a busy day already. We'll see if Dr. Zudi Jasser can jump in. There is so much happening today. And I think that the danger is to get caught up in watching what's going on with, uh, with the, uh, the executive order and to miss completely what the other hand is doing. And I'll, I'll explain. And there are a couple of different hands that are out there doing stuff that we need to be aware of. For example, while, while we are all focused on the executive order and the firing of the of the acting attorney general and the hiring of the new acting attorney general and the push to get Jeff Sessions confirmed finally and in place. When we're doing that, there you've got Steve Bannon moving himself into the national, the National Security Council at the uh, at the at the adults table, if you will. And Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's big big advisor, who didn't require a a Senate confirmation hearing is now is now sitting at one of the most important and influential places in the White House and in our government. And he bounced out the Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman to get there. So that disturbs me. And we will deal with that as well. But there's also something going on. And I don't know if you uh, if you caught this, but the the. Um, the New York City government and New York State are basically giving the finger to the Trump administration already. When Donald Trump said he was going to halt funding to sanctuary cities if they didn't cut it out, Mayor de Blasio basically told the President of the United States, bring it on. Mayor de Blasio, who is such a progressive and such a fan of the collectivism and the communism as a, as a way of life and a government on his honeymoon decades ago, before it was even legal to do so, de Blasio went to Havana. 
He's a guy I don't trust at all, and I'm glad to be out of New York City. So Mayor Bill de Blasio this very morning talking to Jake Tapper on CNN was uh, was this actually it was yesterday morning talking to Jake Tapper about sanctuary cities. And in the discussion with Tapper. This this whole uh, this whole plan of de Blasio's to fight the sanctuary city moved by President Trump brought up something that's just shocking. Mayor de Blasio actually gave the green light to shield illegal aliens who are caught drunk driving. I'm not kidding you. You, you, you can't make this up. This is during a, about a four-minute discussion with Jake Tapper, Tapper and, and de Blasio speaking on this very subject. And uh, buckle up and prepare to have your jaw drop. A new sanctuary city law that you approved in October 2014, the city of New York shields from the feds undocumented immigrants who commit what are deemed to be lesser offenses, but they include drunk driving and grand larceny. Why shouldn't the city of New York comply with federal law in this area? If you're a drunk driver and you're an undocumented immigrant, why should there be a, a place for you in this country? Jake, there are 170 offenses in that law that are listed as serious and violent crimes that lead to automatic cooperation between the city of New York and our federal partners. So any serious and violent crime, we're going to work with them. Uh, someone commits a minor offense. For example, right now, if you didn't have clear definitions like we have, let's say someone had a small amount of marijuana, let's say someone went through a stop sign, they could be deported for that and their family could be torn apart and you could have children left behind where the breadwinner in the family is sent back to a home country. That is not good for anyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So first of all, the mayor re- refuses to even answer the question, doesn't even have time to get to answering the question. And now he is shifting it from drunk driving to someone who runs a stop sign and might have a little bit of pot on them. Well, what he fails to mention in the very opening of his statement, his defense of this person is that person is here illegally. They have already broken the law. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. They don't deserve the rights and protections of everyone else. Is, is he going to actually defend drunk driving? Is Mayor de Blasio going to minimize drunk driving? He already said there are 170 crimes that are considered to be uh, actionable offenses that would require someone to be kicked out of the country. Is he saying that drunk driving, one of the scourges of our communities, if you, if you know anyone who's lost someone to a drunk driver, that's it's it's a horrible, horrific crime. Those are manslaughter charges. Usually, sometimes they're even just straight up murder charges. Keep going, Mayor de Blasio. So we differentiate anyone who's a, a violent, anyone who's a serious threat to society. We agree we'll work with the federal partners and, and they get deported. But we are not going to see 
uh, with a half a million undocumented people here, and this would be true for 11 to 12 million undocumented folks in this country, the vast majority of whom are law-abiding, we're not going to see families torn apart over a First of all, we're not talking about law-abiding people. If you have someone who's here illegally, they start by being not law-abiding. And if they're driving drunk or if they've got dope on them, and now he decriminalized the use of pot in New York City, told cops basically, don't arrest people who are smoking dope on the streets of New York. Let it be just a nuisance. And he also said, don't arrest people. No longer stop people for public urination. So now you got people urinating in public without fear of being ticketed. You have people smoking pot in public in New York, despite the fact that it's still illegal. And you have a mayor who is encouraging drunk driving illegal aliens, saying that basically we're going to shield them. He keeps going. Very minor offense. But is grand larceny or drunk driving a very minor offense? Uh, drunk driving that does not lead to any other uh, negative outcome, I could define as that. But Whoa. Drunk driving that does not lead to any other outcome, I could define as that. How does this mayor even, even know what that drunk driver has caused before they were stopped? How does this mayor know that drunk driver had not swerved across the highway and caused a family in a minivan to drive off the road and hit a tree? How does he have any idea what had happened before that stop happened? And maybe that stops save lives, by the way, Mr. Mayor. It's maddening. There's more from New York. I'm going to share more information about de Blasio. And this just broke. I don't see anybody talking about this. Uh, New, York, New York just put out a, a very important bit of information. And it relates to illegal immigrants and driver's licenses. And I'll share it with you next on The Buck Sexton Show. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. The Blaze Radio Network. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton, and uh, I know what you're saying. Does this mean there won't be a new pure Opelka tonight? No, I'm running on straight-up Red Bull and or what's my new drink today? Uh, it's Bing Cherry Juice with B vitamins, vitamin C, caffeine, and ginseng supplements. So, yeah, I'm running on a combination of manufactured energy and natural energy, and uh, I encourage you to join the conversation. We are... We're discussing all the events of the day. We'll be talking in depth on the, on the uh, executive order to change immigration and pause the refugees coming into the country. Plus, the Supreme Court picks up tonight. Donald Trump's pick will be announced. Go to my Twitter account, at StuntBrain, and you can take the poll. Currently, everybody's agreeing with me. Mostly everybody's agreeing with me on, uh, on Justice Gorsuch. Uh, and even a bunch of Democrats said, yeah, we agree with you on this. This makes sense. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. And then, of course, tonight we will be doing it live here starting at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. When we went away, I was venting my spleen about the mayor of New York. Warren Wilhelm was his given name at birth. 
but Bill de Blasio didn't like it. He changed his given name to William de Blasio. He thought, he thought it would be a, a better name for him. He thought this would give him a much more appeal. So Bill de Blasio, doesn't that sound like a, a better name? Not Warren Wilhelm. Warren Wilhelm sounds a little, uh, a little too German, I think. So de Blasio, what do you think about the undocumented immigrants who are drunk driving in New York? That's the first offense we were talking about. Let me see if I can bring it back to uh, Jake Tapper asking de Blasio about uh, shielding the drunk drivers because he's, he's basically said that would be, that would be his preference. And, uh, and here's Tapper asking him about, uh, about the offenses that would be okay in, in his mind. Any other uh, negative outcome I could define as that. But look at the list of 170 offenses, anything involving a weapon, anything involving violence, those areas where we're absolutely cooperating. And that, I think, could be a good model, Jake, for how we proceed as a nation. Now, first of all, does de Blasio not realize if you use a car and try and run someone over, the car becomes a weapon? So he's already violated his own thinking here. Bill de Blasio, going to get a Jack Wagon Award. I might have to, I I have to educate this audience. We do something on my show that is uh, very special. When we realize that someone is being an absolute idiot, it's kind of along the lines of Pat and Stu and their Douche Hall of Fame. I uh, rename or actually pay to name a hissing Madagascar cockroach after someone. And, And the New York City mayor might be the recipient of today's naming of a Madagascar hissing cockroach. They, they did this at the Bronx Zoo. You can pay 10 bucks, and they will name a cockroach after someone. Send them the, the certificate. I did it last week when, what's her name, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace did not actually go out in March anywhere. She took a picture of herself and said she was in a virtual march. So we named... We named a cockroach after Deborah Messing, and we might have to do it for, for the mayor of New York City. We might have to do it for the mayor and the governor. And why the governor? Well, New York City and New York State are seeing money in giving or permitting undocumented illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. You heard me right. New York City is hoping to generate almost $10 million in fees for the state and the city by allowing illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. They say it's going to be a huge boost. But now, you know what happens when you get a driver's license. That becomes a, uh, an ID that, what's the ID that most people ask for when they're wanting to allow someone to vote? And I know the Democrats say there is no there is no uh, voter fraud in, in our country. But if you're going to let hundreds and hundreds of thousands, in the case of New York City alone, they estimate it's 500,000 undocumented immigrants. They estimate 150,000 of those would like to get a driver's license. Of those 150,000, they could generate almost $10 million in fees for the state. They claim it would also boost car sales. So it's a... Uh, 
it's a it's a uh, small business bonus and with lower insurance premiums i i don't know how it's going to lower insurance premiums i do know that now you are all you're doing is saying look we know they're here illegally and we know they're not supposed to have driver's licenses but look we could get 10 million dollars if we would let them have a driver's license I think it's the dumbest thing ever. It's just, it's just the end here. 525,000 illegal immigrants in New York City. There are at least, I, I just can't believe it. So you, you know what? This is going to earn de Blasio and maybe Governor Cuomo, both of them. But first, de Blasio, we're going to send Mayor de Blasio a certificate that we are naming. I'm going to spend the 10 bucks and name a Madagascar hissing cockroach after him. It's going to, it lives in a tree stump in the Bronx Zoo. So if you want to visit Mayor de Blasio and Deborah Messing, the two cockroaches I've named so far, you can do it. If you want to, if you want to do this yourself and maybe send your loved one a hissing cockroach certificate for Valentine's Day, I'll tweet out the link. When we come back, we're going after immigration. Next on the Buck Sexton Show. Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton today. And also, we'll be live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern doing an hour of pregame before the Supreme Court nomination is announced by President Trump. But we are fortunate enough uh, at the moment to have a much bigger brain available to help me get through the day. Andy McCarthy is here the uh, best-selling author, former U.S. attorney for the Southern District in New York, a guy who's been deeply involved in the uh, prosecution of terrorists like Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman and the 11 others who were part of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, the first bombing that we, those of us who were here in New York City and worked in the media remember. And uh, it was a, a warning sign. As I'm, as I'm standing here, we all said this is, this is the beginning, but Andy's here to help us understand a lot of different things today. Mr. McCarthy, a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Mike, it's my pleasure. How are you? I'm good. It's a little bit of a harried 24 hours here. What we've seen in the last 24 hours, I don't, it rivals anything I can remember in transition politics. How about you? Uh, the way this administration's gone so far, um, I would have to say the last 24 hours are the strangest thing since the preceding 24 hours. Um, <laughs> it just seems like, uh, you know, it seems to me, Mike, that, uh, you know, Trump is uh, certainly shaking him up. No one's ever uh, questioned his work ethic, which is uh, really nose to the grindstone. And he does a lot of stuff. So if the left is going to go to DEFCON 5, like every single time he does something, I wonder who's going to be listening when he actually does something that merits, uh, uh, you know, complaint and and 
maybe even some hysterical reaction. And I, don't, I just don't know why anyone would pay attention to them anymore. Well, that's a, a great point. And you talk about the left going to DEFCON 5, going right to the edge the minute anything comes out of the White House. And I attended one of the protests. Well, first of all, I was at the inauguration. Then I was on the ground for the Women's March in D.C. And then Sunday, I was at the Philadelphia airport for a couple hours embedded in the protest. And the, the thing that I saw, and it's probably no shock to you, the signs that they are carrying are pre-printed. Even the ones that look like they are handmade, yeah. that's a font that is available to be pre-printed. They're, they're showing up at the same protests around the country. So while the individuals who are there, their anger is palpable and real, it does seem to be organized and directed. And I don't know if you're hearing the same thing, but it sure feels like this is the Democrats trying to keep their base energized at least until 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is mostly fundraising and the most newsworthy thing, I think, to come out of Philadelphia. And I have to ask you about this, because in New York, we've always wondered whether this was true or not. On, on days when there's no games, is it true that in Philadelphia they go to the airport and boo the plane landings? That's true. That's very true, <laughs> which which, you know, it, they love to boo every sports team. Well done, Andy. Well done. I, I, I'm a 25 years in Midtown Manhattan, and we escaped to Delaware uh, a couple of years ago, and I'm very, I'm so happy we're here, especially after, uh, I don't know if you heard it today, de Blasio defending not only his sanctuary city policy, but also shielding illegals who are drunk drivers. Right. Uh, even lawbreakers. It's, uh, it's really bizarre because, you know, I think, if you want to see why it appears the Democrats are marginalizing themselves into a party of coastal elites that the rest of the country just, you know, can't wrap their brains around. Here's a situation where there's an opportunity to say, you know, look, we're the we're the party of compassion. And there's a lot of stories about illegal aliens or, or as they'd rather say, undocumented immigrants um, who do really hard work, who do good jobs, who keep their noses clean, who are a productive part of our society. And what we really need to do here uh, is separate out the, the lawbreakers, who we can all agree uh, are not adding anything to our society, uh, and let's honor the, you know, the, the people who are. And that, I think, is a position, whatever your take on, um, on, on immigration is, that would resonate with a lot of people who are of a mind to say, you know, look, let's not hassle people who aren't doing anything to to violate the law. But at the same time, you know, if you if you're not supposed to be in our country in the first place, then, you know, we especially don't need you if you're violating our laws. Uh, but de Blasio, in his extremeness, can't even bring himself to do that. So it's like. Everybody needs to be protected, not just from Trump, you know, the evil Trump, but also from uh, the law. And they're going to, you know, wrap themselves around illegal aliens, including lawbreakers. And then they'll wonder, you know, why is it that, uh, you know, that we basically lost 80 uh, percent of the country and we're, why we've you know, lost hundreds of seats, if you count all of the. Uh, you know, the different state governments uh, uh, across the country. They're just I, I just think they're 
I mean, look, they're not going to take advice from me. And if they want to be clown themselves, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I just as soon step back and watch them do it. But I, I just don't understand why they want to or why they feel the need uh, to take positions that the rest of the country just kind of shakes their heads and thinks this is this is just so extreme and out of the norm. It's indefensible. It, it is indefensible. And I, I'm glad you brought it up and, and said this. When you said, I step back and let them do their thing, and two things, you're right. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to Buck. But I found that if you let people just talk, they will paint themselves into the corner, and then you can just say, and there you are, right there yep. in that corner. You're shielding the drunk drivers, from, and they're illegals at the same time. But I want to talk about a couple of things that you've been writing about uh, at PJ Media and uh, the stuff you've been posting lately. Specifically, I always, I always tell people, don't pay attention to the headline. Go a couple pages deep or at least a couple columns deep and see if you can find the real stories that are out there. Now, we're all focused on this Supreme Court pick and the fact that there was the shakeup at DOJ when you had the acting AGs who wouldn't follow the president's uh, executive orders. And then in, in the background, you've got Iran testing missiles and we're not talking about it it's not headline news on any network right now that's so right but you know i think they've become we know now from the way that the iran deal president obama's uh what they call the uh uh you know this joint uh, agreement um on the iranian nuclear program um they, we learned afterwards, were actually exploited by the White House as a kind of an echo chamber to peddle this deal to the American people. And I think, you know, having uh, sort of jumped into that with both feet, they're not anxious to, to examine the fallout or cover it as news. And, you know, some of this requires a little bit of digging to, to figure out. Uh, but it, you know, not altogether that much. It's, it, it's certainly the kind of thing that a that a borderline energetic journalist ought to be able to figure out in, in a short period of time. Um, what happened in connection with the missiles with Iran? Now we know now that they've tested uh, another one recently, and that's about uh, 12 since uh, the Iran deal went into effect. Um, the reason that, you know, there's all this hysteria about, uh, oh, they're in violation of the agreement. Well, if you look at the agreement, what you learn is that they're not in violation of it, because even though going back to about uh, 2006, Mike, they, we had a regime of sanctions against Iran's uh, not, not just their nuclear activity, but their terrorism activity and their ballistic missile activity. And. Obama, in his desperation to get this deal, uh, decided to accommodate the Iranians, even though the deal was not supposed to be about missiles. It was just supposed to be about nukes, uh, you know, nuclear material. Um, when Iran basically threatened to walk away from the table unless the ballistic missile sanctions were eased and prescriptions were eased, they inserted into this agreement like about 94 pages into it, um, a, a paragraph 
which basically changed the sanctions to, you know, no longer are you forbidden to do this. You are now discouraged from doing it. Oh, and we all know how that works when mom and dad say, you're not forbidden to stay out after midnight. We just would feel better if you were home before midnight. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, basically the, 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 the agreement now says, you know, we really think it's a bad idea for you guys to do ballistic missile stuff. And the, there's no sanctions. The Iranians are, uh, you know, they made quite clear within a short period of time after the deal was signed off on that they intended to, uh, you know, do, to ratchet up the ballistic missile activity. And that's what they've done. But they've basically done it because Obama undid those sanctions in his desperation to get this deal. So it's uh, it's the kind of thing that ought to be at the top of the media list. It's certainly a more important story than uh, this, you know, obscure deputy attorney general who decided, you know, she knew she was going to be terminated any minute. So she went out in a blaze of glory. Um, that's a that's a story they evidently find attractive. This is one that actually affects our national security and it's not being covered. Andy, I need to take a break. Can you hang out? Because I want to talk about the ban. Is it a Muslim ban or yeah, isn't sure. it a Muslim ban? A Muslim ban, a Muslim man. What's wrong with me today? Michael Pelka <laughs> in for Buck Sexton. I'll tweet out a link to Andy McCarthy's story on the Iranian ballistic missiles. You need to read it. We'll be back in just a minute. Buck Sexton. The Blaze Radio Network. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Mike Opelka in for Buck, and I'll be here tonight at 7 p.m. to uh, cover the announcement of Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee. But we're talking with Andy McCarthy about his his stuff on uh, on PJ Media and National Review. And you wrote a story uh, less than a day ago on the National Review about the Muslim ban, this uh, executive order that changed the way we're handling immigration and vetting of the people who are trying to come here. I've only got like two and a half left, Andy, because I got yammering. Uh, Is it a Muslim ban? It doesn't quite feel like it to me, but Giuliani's statement makes me wonder. Well, you know, it's not a Muslim ban in the sense that that people are trying to convey when they raise it, which is the, the, this idea that, uh, there's an effort to ban all Muslims from the United States because of Islamophobia, which is what the the other side says. But I'm not one of these people who, you know, hides under my bed every time someone mentions Muslim ban. We're trying to keep Sharia supremacists out of the United States. Uh, you know, those who've killed thousands of Americans and plan to kill thousands more and their support network. Uh, those people of necessity are Muslims. Just like, you know, people in the Irish Republican Army are Irish. Um, that's not my fault. It's not I don't think it's the president's fault or anyone else is trying to protect national security. Um, of course, we don't want to keep all Muslims out. And it's absolutely essential that we separate Sharia supremacist enemies of the United States from pro-Western Muslim allies of the United States, including some who've helped us. Uh, break up terrorist cells. And you, you were kind enough to mention my case at the beginning of our, our talk. Um, you know, without 
courageous American Muslims and, and other Muslims, we wouldn't have been able to, to stop the terrorists, and they could have killed tens of thousands of New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously this is, this is targeting a particular class of Muslims uh, who follow an ideology that's inextricably linked to Islam. That's just a fact of life. Yeah, it's, it's the reality, and that's what I keep telling people. It's the reality. And if you can't see reality, then you need to see your doctor, whether it's a mental health professional or someone who can prescribe something to either insulate you from it or, or just put you in a nice padded room. Andy, I thank you so much for jumping in and helping out today. Uh, quick, quick question for you. Who, who's your pick for Trump's nominee tonight if you're a betting man? Oh, I don't know. I like a lot of the names on the list, and I hope he sticks with the list. I think it's it's very important that he do that. You're a good diplomat. I appreciate that. Andy McCarthy, <laughs> thank you so much. Tweet out links to his stuff. I will also uh, encourage you to follow him on Twitter as well, Andrew C. McCarthy. And uh, we will talk again soon, sir. Thanks again. Michael Pelka sitting in for Buck Sexton just around the corner. We're going to talk more about the events of the day Uh, Mark Serrano is going to join us uh, to talk about the Dems who are boycotting Trump's cabinet picks and and trying to mess with him on uh, anything he wants to do. Uh, It is uh, it's going to be a fun day. You can join the conversation as well. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. It's going to be an interesting four years, isn't it? Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Spreading freedom across the nation. This is The Buck Sexton Show. It's Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton today, and I will tell you this today it is busier than a one legged man at a butt kicking contest around here. We are covering everything happening in D.C. They're waiting on a press briefing. We know that Trump's going to announce his. Uh, his first pick for the Supreme Court tonight, President Trump's first pick for the Supreme Court. We've been talking about the immigration. We've been talking about, and we will get to the uh, hearings, the confirmation hearings for Trump nominees, President Trump's nominees. But I have to get to Linda in Washington briefly. Linda, you were listening when we talked about Mayor de Blasio and the, uh, the licenses for illegals in New York City. Hello. Uh, good morning. Well, it's morning here anyway. Good morning, Mike. 
Hi, uh, yeah, wh what's your what's your stance on this? I know you were hanging on wanting to get this opinion out, so I'm dying to hear it. Well, uh, I think de Blasio is uh, uh, unreasonable, uh, to put it mildly. It seems to me that with the population of New York City that over whom he has all of these uh, people that under his uh, jurisdiction, so to speak, there must surely have already been some... Uh, illegal alien who has done a crime on somebody that has uh, already been affected. I can't imagine that somebody can't hold up their hand and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've had this happen to me because of an illegal alien. Or do they check the um, legal status of people when they are stopped or uh, investigated in any way? No, they don't. New York has changed dramatically since since Rudy Giuliani, and even more so since Mike Bloomberg, and now we're with a progressive mayor who, again, honeymooned in Havana in the 60s yeah. because that's where he thought paradise was. Uh, I'm glad to be out of New York. I'm very happy to be living. Even though Delaware's a very blue state, there's a, a mountain of difference between where we are in Delaware and where New York City is. And I, you know, I love your part of the world, but there are parts of Washington State that scare me as well. They sound like New York in training, so I don't know how you do it. Well, I don't either, quite frankly. I'm from another part of the world as well where uh, they actually have sense. But I, I just imagine that there's not going to be somebody that will say, wait a minute, there's, uh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And Well, uh, the, the problem, Linda, is they're outnumbered five to one in terms of registered Democrats to Republicans. It's really a, a, a mountain that they're not going to be able to get over either. I, I appreciate you hanging on and, and being part of Team, team Buck. Uh, I, hope you, uh, I hope you stick around and sample tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, Pure Opelka. But I can't believe that this is a, a political issue. This is not a political issue. This is a safety issue. It's a public safety issue. You are 100% right, especially when he talks about shielding drunk drivers yes. and yes. illegal oh, alien drunk drivers. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, Linda. Thanks yes. for your call. I, I've, got, uh, I've got Mark Serrano joining us. Mark, you and I have talked in the past when I've hosted for Buck, and I, I appreciate you jumping in. Yes, sir, Michael. On, on a day when so much is going on. Well, it's crazy. People ought to get used to it. Because you remember, <laughs> sir, that the, the establishment model is for the White House to have a message of the day or a theme that would go two or three or four days. And all the cabinet agencies were told, all right, you've got to back us up on this theme or this message of the day. And from your angle, go ahead and message about it as well. But don't conflict with our message. This is a totally different model because Donald Trump is a guy who likes to get things done. He doesn't focus on one thing in a given day. He's got people's head spinning because he's actually a real person from the business world who likes to execute. So get, they, people better get used to it. Well, he told us at the beginning, he, his campaign was one that showed what a disruptor does. His, his uh, campaign from the Republican side, then through the uh, campaign against Hillary, and now did we expect, and you're a guy who's, who's a D.C. guy with proactive communications, you're a guy who knows that a disruptor is not going to change. They're going to continue disrupting. So he seems to be doing what he said he was going to do. Well, right. And, and so the media and, and really the, 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 the elitists on the left, they are used to Republicans coming in and cowering, right, just cowering to their demands and buckling and moderating, 
right, compromising their positions. You know, they're, one, they're sitting here wondering, hey, what's taking this guy so long? You know, he's supposed to just shut up and f- sort of fall in line like everybody else has in the past. You know, that's what they expect. And so every day that it doesn't happen, they're shocked, they're stunned, they're, they're clutching their pearls. <laughs> I like the clutching their pearls moment. <laughs> you, you guys need to follow Mark Serrano on Twitter. It's Mark V. Serrano, V as in Vincent Serrano. I'll tweet out a link to his, his Twitter feed as well. But Thanks, there's something going on today that I find fascinating, and it's a new tactic from the Democrats. There are confirmation hearings and votes going on for Trump nominees, and there's something happening that, that I just haven't seen ever. Is this new to you? Have, you? have you seen this tactic in the past? Well, so there have been boycotts of committee hearings before where uh, the opposition party is, uh, you know, uh, rejecting the candidate for one reason or another, the, uh, the nominee. Uh, so it's not unprecedented. It has happened before. Um, but it's, it'll be to no avail. I mean, look, they can, they can sort of uh, throw a speed bump here or there procedurally in the Senate. The Democrats can. Um, but, you know, they don't have any road spikes. They're going to bring this, uh, this freight train to a halt, you know, or this, uh, this, uh, the freight truck to a halt. Uh, they can slow it down. They can delay it. They can cause you know problems with their procedural steps. They can boycott committee hearings uh, where we're expected to see a, a vote on a nominee, and it goes to the Senate floor thereafter. But if necessary, Mitch McConnell can bypass the committee. He can say, all right, forget about it. We're not going to have a committee vote. We're going to take it straight to the Senate floor and get 52 votes in favor of Donald Trump's nominees. Will, so, will McConnell, yeah. if McConnell makes that move, Mark, and he says we're going to go right to the floor and all we need are 51 votes. Does that change the rules and forever make it so that, let's say, the Republicans are out of power in the Senate, the Democrats could turn it around on them? No, because it was the, it was the Democrats uh, uh, who um, actually pushed on a sort of the 51 vote standard for nominees. Um, and so it's really not going to be any change. Uh, and, you know, certainly majority leaders have bypassed committees in the past. So um, I think what Mitch McConnell is likely to do is just allow it some time. You know, he'll talk to the Democrats and say, all right, you've had your you've had your little walkout. You've had your little boycott, you know, to make your statement. Now let's get some work done. Because keep in mind, you know, uh, Bush and uh, Obama both had uh, six and seven uh, cabinet uh, appointees nomin- uh, approved by Inauguration Day. You know, Trump's got a couple. Um, Each of them by this time, by around February 1st, had 11 or 12, maybe 13 in the case of Bush, cabinet posts filled by February 1st. Um, So, you know, it's it's I think McConnell will probably allow this to go on for a few more days and then he'll just have to bypass the committees. Well, McConnell seems and and I have not been the biggest Mitch McConnell fan in the past. I'm going to be quite open about it because I think he caved on too much during the Obama administration, but McConnell seems kind of unflappable at this point. And that really surprises me because I, I never saw this part of him in the past. He just seemed weak, but now it, it just seems like he's a little emboldened. Is yeah. it because his wife is going to get confirmed this week? Is, <laughs> is that going to make life easier at home? Well, well that doesn't hurt. I, I agree with you on your assessment about Mitch McConnell, but uh, you know, I will say that uh, he, you know, I became more enamored with him uh, throughout 2016 when he stuck to his guns on Merrick Garland and uh, uh, Barack Obama's pick for the Supreme Court. 
you know, God bless Mitch McConnell for, for finally picking an issue and sticking to his guns all year long. Now yeah, with that... Donald Trump coming in, now with Donald Trump coming in, uh, I think you're right. I think that the uh, uh, majority leader is emboldened. Um, and Trump is sort of setting the tone. Look, he's a guy, it's like, it's like his, the war with the media, right? Guess what? The media has been at war with conservatives for decades. It's just now we finally have somebody who's going to fight back directly, openly. This is now open warfare before it was not, because Republicans and conservatives buckled. They always buckled, and now he is setting a totally different standard. It's, it's very fascinating to me, because this... My my other half is fond of saying politics is your sports, isn't it? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm a hockey fan. I'll watch the Super Bowl, but this is what I, I will watch. I would go to 161 baseball games if they played it like politics. I would go to every single game. It's, it's just it's just the, the way it is. A good analogy. And, and yet, you know, it's not really much of a sport, though, Michael, when one side – uh, forfeits. Oh, and that's, that's an interesting we've, point. We've, we've had a legacy of forfeits on the part of Republicans. Well, now, now I think things are yeah. changing, and, and you're seeing Absolutely. very different. Now, I, I will tell you this, Mark. I was not pleased with uh, the inartful rollout of of this immigration ban, where they, they I didn't think the green card thing was a, a smooth transition as any on any estimation you could give it. So now that they've kind of walked it back a little bit, uh, it seems like maybe this is easier to swallow and people realizing it's temporary. But do you think the protests are going to slow down? Well, I, I don't think so, because I think they're wholly funded by uh, George Soros. So I think, you know, most of the people who show up have a financial interest in doing so. Um, I, I think I agree it was inartful, but at the same time, you know, what did it really matter? It, all it did was, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of validate on CNN and MSNBC uh, the storyline they were going to run anyway. Um, and so uh, really, no matter what the rollout looked like, there was going to be outrage at the airports. So I think the um, I think, yes, I think the protests will continue. But guess what that's going to do in, re in return? It's going to continue to engage and embolden Trump supporters nationwide. And many, many conservatives, by the way, because they like what Trump's done so far with selecting many conservatives for the cabinet and, as hopefully we'll see tonight, a conservative for the Supreme Court. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I've got a poll running on my Twitter account in terms of the top three. Have you uh, have you jumped in or where do you stand? Let me quiz you right now. We're talking to Mark Serrano and uh, we're talking the uh, the Supreme Court nomination tonight expected from President Trump. Who do you think will it be? Justice Pryor, just Justice Gorsuch, or a harder man, or somebody else? Well, you know, Donald Trump is not beyond surprising us uh, and uh, throwing you know convention to the wind. Uh, but I think we're going to see Hardiman uh, picked. I've sort of you know monitored you know Donald Trump's behavior and his decision making process. I think uh, having the ear of the president, which his sister does, the the fellow uh, jurist of Hardiman in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and so my, that's my guess. My pick would be uh, Hardiman. I think, uh, you know, honestly, from what we've heard, any one of the 21 members on the list would be highly qualified and highly acceptable. 
so long as it's an original list, and I believe we're going to get that. And, you know, look at the talking points from the Democrats on this topic, Michael. You know, you've seen a hundred times in the media the last week or ten days, they're looking for someone who's in the mainstream, right? Mm. What is – what? that is just, you know, kooky leftist talk, right, for someone who's not an extremist in their view, right, someone <laughs> in the mainstream. Yeah. And you, you see that word a thousand times in press clippings and on TV, uh, and it's just – it's really just their, their leftist uh, terminology, which means we're not going to accept anybody that Donald Trump proposes. And they've said that. I, I talked with uh, Senator Chris Coons on this – not on this show, on my nighttime show – and Senator Coons told me that they would really like to see uh, Mr. Trump come out and and extend the olive branch and nominate Merrick Garland. And we both just laughed. Uh, even he knows that's ridiculous at, at the end of the day. But Coons has a great sense of humor. He's a good guy. Mark, right. I, I got to jump out here. Uh, are you going to be are you going to be hanging around CPAC? I'm trying to weasel my way in this year. Uh, I, yes. And, and let's uh, let's get you in there. Please, let's connect. Well, you know, Matt Schlapp will get me, and I'm just trying to get the, the travel budget loosened up around here a little bit, if you it. know I what totally I'm saying. I totally get it, Michael. I'll see you there. Thanks so much. Mark Serrano, follow him on Twitter. I'll tweet out a link to him. Uh, he's a, not just a smart guy. Uh, he's the founder and president of Proactive Communications, a D.C. group I pay attention to. Thank you, Mark. Have a great rest of your Pleasure, day. Michael. You too. When we get back, um, you know, those of you that know me, no, I worked with Whoopi Goldberg in my radio past. Uh, Whoopi and I remain friends. We disagree on much. And I have to throw a penalty flag on her. Something she said today just really, oh boy, it's ridiculous. I'll play it for you next on The Buck Sexton Show. This is The Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Dispensing the truth. This is Buck Sexton. On the Blaze Radio Network. For two weeks, you've been on the edge. You know that. But now we have to go. You're fired, sir. There it is. Donald Trump firing the acting attorney general uh, last night. That's not quite how it happened. That was a recreation, obviously. Mike Opelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton today. And tonight you have to come back. I'm going to take a nap, refuel, Gatorade up, and be here at 7 o'clock as we, we cover Donald Trump, President Donald Trump's first Supreme Court pick. CNN's got a countdown clock. Why can't I talk about it? Yeah, I promised when we went away. I promised I would uh, give you the update on something that my, my old pal Whoopi Goldberg did today on that show, The View. Can I just ask, what is the, what is the hair dye budget for Joy Behar? That can't, be, that can't be a naturally occurring color, not at her age. As someone whose hair changed color a long time ago, and I'm younger than Joy Behar. That just can't be real. Let it go, Joy. The anger on the set of The View is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And today, Whoopi Goldberg actually 
actually stepped off the beam, I believe, and tried to compare the Trump administration to the Taliban. I kid you not. Here's, here's about a minute of this, and I wish you could see Jedediah Bila's face. Whoopi's addressing most of this to Jedediah. Uh, here we go. So we also keep hearing about terrorists hating our American values. Maybe we had this conversation yesterday. This was a point. About. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you now. We have a leader who has repeatedly dem demeaned women, right. wants to defund organizations that benefit women, calling on the media to shut up, specifically wants to give preferential treatment based on religion. Uh, are these values really much different than the Taliban's? Mm. I mean, well... I mean, because you're talking about Trump's values. Uh, well, no, the, the, the values that we are listening to, because one of the things you, you read yesterday was a piece of the, of the, uh, the, language. the language in the ban, yeah. which oh. was about if you disrespect women, women if you if disrespect you gay yeah. people, yes. if you, yeah. And so I just, yesterday I was thinking about They're this. They're doing the I same thing. thought all of these things that I've been hearing, are we, have our values changed? What's, What's happened? Are we still? So Whoopi Goldberg is trying to compare Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, and this executive order, which is meant to make America safer and at the same time change the way we vet those refugees who want to come here who are being persecuted and in many cases killed by the Taliban and ISIS. Whoopi is comparing Donald Trump to the Taliban. I think we've found critical mass of crazy, my friend. I think you've stepped stepped off the beam. This really is this really is the the frenzy that we were just talking about. This is the the uh, liberal end of things unspooling, and it's not a good sign. It's not a good look. If I were there, I'd say, whoop, it's not a good look for you. When we get back, we'll talk to Matt Walsh. He's got some things to say, and I want to know who his pick is going to be. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka sitting in for my friend Buck Sexton today and prepping for tonight's version of pure Opelka. Almost couldn't get that out. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, we will be doing a pregame leading up to President Trump's Supreme Court pick. So it's uh, we'll start five hours and 23 minutes from now. And we will lead up to the Supreme Court nomination from President Trump. And then immediately following that, we will monitor the freak out from the rest of the, uh, the liberal media and the liberal lawmakers and voters. Expect protests. They're already printing the signs. They probably got 
the Soros printing machine is putting together the placards that will be carried around outside of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And here's something interesting, something I didn't anticipate happening, and, uh, and yet the CNN is counting it down as well uh, as the uh, Trump pick for the Supreme Court. This is the deal. Nancy Pelosi is getting a town hall tonight, live, right after the Trump Supreme Court nomination. Let that marinate. Nancy Pelosi, the House Minority Leader, is going to be given time on television to attack the President's Supreme Court pick. CNN, could you be any less transparent? Seriously. This is, this is just ridiculous. So tonight we've been promised some, some good news from President Trump. He's going to give us a, a Supreme Court pick. What kind of pick is it going to be, Mr. President? A person who is unbelievably highly respected. And I think you will be very impressed with this person. I hope so. I hope we will be. They're, they're kind of keeping things tight to the vest. Um, and I know I teased that Matt Walsh would be with us here. We're, we're moving Matt a little bit later into the show, so just after the top of the next hour. But uh, I wanted to share with you a little bit of Nancy Pelosi from last night. I just mentioned that uh, she's being given a town hall broadcast that's going to happen right after President Trump makes his Supreme Court pick. And I just hope that what happened last night outside of the Supreme Court happens again today. Now, let me explain what happened, because I was watching this breakdown. Nancy Pelosi and a bunch of the House Democrats got together with a bunch of the Senate Democrats, and they were going to have a little foot stomping outside of the Supreme Court. This was in advance of the president announcing his Supreme Court pick and also meant to highlight their displeasure with Donald Trump's executive order on immigration. So Pelosi and the, and the folks are out there. It was a cool night, probably, I think, around 32 degrees. She was all wrapped up. But you worry about senior citizens in cold weather. You want to make sure that somebody that is as old as Nancy Pelosi, who doesn't look like she's going to the gym every day, that she's not going to catch pneumonia. Because, after all, she is a public servant, and we're paying her, and we want her to do her job. Maybe not quite so often, but she's out there. And when she was supposed to speak, they had a small problem with the audio system. And if you listen, and we'll stop and have some fun with this, it sounds like, it sounds like there's going to be a job available at the, uh, at the Washington, D.C. audiovisual department supporting the Democrats and their, and their public events. Just check this out. Commissioner uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic leader in the House, is speaking at this rally at the Supreme Court. I want to listen in. Got it. The sound working? I can hear you. Can you hear us? Everyone's yelling, no, no, we can't hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? No. And her face is getting all frowny. Good evening, everyone. 
I'm very proud to hear. No one can hear her. Is this heaven? But she continues trying. Proud to stand with the members of the House Democratic Caucus, soon to be joined by the Senate Democrats as well. It's not on? Is somebody going to deal with this? Uh-oh. Is somebody going to deal with this? My mic's not on? There's all kinds of button pushing. People are going, what's supposed to happen? What are we doing here? Everyone is looking upset, and Nancy is looking angry. But she finds a solution. No, that's... Look at that moon. It's a new moon. So Pelosi points out that there's a, a new moon in the sky. And look at that moon. It's a new moon. Trying to distract everybody from the troubles that they're having. Only one small problem. The definition of a new moon is a moon you can't see. It's completely invisible, Nancy. So it's not a new moon. And if you listen closely at the end, one of the aides there tries to come up with a distraction for her and say, look at that moon. Pelosi just parrots it because somebody next to her said it. Well, they kept trying to work on it, and uh, I think this is where she comes up with yet another, uh, even more ridiculous solution. What the president did undermines our values and is not in support of the oath of office that we take to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. She still can't be heard. They're still yelling louder. Can't hear? There are dozens of helpers going, bring the mic closer, get closer to it. Obviously, nothing's working. The mic isn't on. Her voice is loud enough and shrill enough to be heard by the TV mics, but the crowd mics aren't picking it up. She's getting more angry. Can you hear now? No, that doesn't do any good. Trying to get close to Does this work better? No. As staff? Sound people? Staff? Sound people? Again, there's a job opening, I'll bet you, in D.C. today. But once again, the minority leader tries to come up with a solution. Shall we sing this land is your land again until they get the sound working? This land is your land. All right, they're going to try to figure out uh, the So Wolf Blitzer even jumped in and said, we got to get out of here. We can't do this. 15, 20 minutes later, CNN cuts away again because they apparently have fixed the audio and uh, yet they haven't fixed the problems for the Democrats. Chuck Schumer is now out there. He's brought a contingent of Democratic senators to join Pelosi and the House Democrats, and they're out there. And Schumer is, is yammering, and he's talking about Lady Liberty and how everything the president is doing is tearing apart the country. And it's going to cause Pelosi some problems. We will fight it with everything we have, and we will win this fight. So he gets a round of applause. And you heard Pelosi? Did you hear her right there? She kind of starts moving in on the microphone now that it's working. 
and says, uh, we're going to do the real people now. We're going we're gonna to bring some real people out right now. What the hell does that mean? So this is all a staged event. We're going to bring out the real people now. Listen. Let us all hold our candles high. They had candles. As the Statue of Liberty, the Lady of Liberty. Let me just get near the Did you hear that? She's trying to speak, and Schumer, who is famous for getting to any live microphone in Washington, D.C., at the cost of uh, children, old ladies, no matter what, he will run them over to get to a hot mic. Schumer is not giving up his real estate at the center of the podium Listen to Pelosi. She can be heard, but she wants that center spot. She's basically bumping Schumer out. And listen to her. Can I just, can I just get right there? Let me just get, get over there. The Lady of Liberty. Let me just get near the mic. Let me just get near the mic. Holds the torch high. Our president has stooped low in this order. We here tonight ask the president to withdraw this unconstitutional order. Yes. Yes. So there's a little cheering. And then Nancy Pelosi realizes, oh, this is my moment to bring out the families who've been, quote, victimized by this evil unconstitutional order. And she, she gets ready to announce the people she's so familiar with, their names just roll off her tongue. My privilege, our privilege, to introduce Farah Amir Kamal and Omar Al Mazdad with their stories. Their Wait a minute. First of all, two things to notice here. Now it's my privilege. Oops, I mean our privilege. A little self-centered there, Nance. To withdraw this unconstitutional order. Here it order. comes. Yes. And now it is my privilege, our privilege, to introduce Farah Amir Kamal and Omar Al Mazdad with their stories, their courageous stories. So she introduces them, barely gets through pronouncing their names, and starts looking around. They're nowhere to be found. First the mics betray her, then Schumer owns the podium, and now she goes to introduce the real people. We're going to introduce the real people now. i got to do that now. Can you move over? And where are they? Yes. Are they here? <laughs> where are they? Bueller? Bueller. Okay. The next, we will have. There were next. The center. Okay. Yes. Senator All right. They're going to figure out uh, what's going on up there. Strong words from Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Strong words for the person who screwed up the audience. I'm sure that's what happened. Nancy Pelosi is going to have some pretty strong words for whoever set up the podium and then made sure that the guests of honor were not there at their little rally. Ooh, I wish somebody would ask about that tonight at the Nancy Pelosi Town Hall on CNN following the Donald Trump Supreme Court pick President Trump's first of what I predict will be as many as three Supreme Court nominations during this, his first term. Michael Pelka in for Buck Sexton. When we get back, there's more. There's more. Did you know Mika Brzezinski is trying to do something really important? Yes. Yes. And, and why am I concerned about Steve Bannon? Look, uh, I want to support the conservatives controlling D.C. I want to support smaller government, but I'm very nervous about Steve Bannon. I'll play for you my discussion with Senator Chris Coons next on The Buck Sexton Show. Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. 
You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show only on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Opelka in for Buck Sexton today. Buck will be back tomorrow, and I will be live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network doing the pregame coverage of President Trump's first pick on the Supreme Court. So stay tuned for that. I mentioned Steve Bannon and his position on the NSC, uh, and, and it makes me nervous. And I talked to my senator, Chris Coons, about this. I wanted to know the history of this. Have we ever seen anything like this before, Senator? You know, I don't know um, the history of exactly who's been in which chairs at the National Security Council, but the idea that you wouldn't want the Director of National Intelligence and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs in the room sitting at the table as you make vital national security decisions, that is stone cold crazy. Um, the General Dunford, who is the current Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, um, I think uh, stands in line with many other former chairmen of the Joint Chiefs as a balanced career professional military man. Um, why you wouldn't want the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and the director of national intelligence um, in the room and would instead want to elevate uh, someone who, you know, was a communicator, ran a website, Breitbart, um, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me. That is gravely concerning about the prioritization of how President Trump uh, will be making important national security decisions. It, it makes me worried um, that he is more interested in the political spin and in how it will be received um, in a partisan way, rather than making sure he's got the absolute best advice in the room he can. I know Senator Dan Coats, who's been nominated to be the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, he was our ambassador to Germany. He served on the Intelligence Committee for a long time. Um, I, I trust him, and I think he is someone who uh, really has the best interests of our country at heart, uh, to take the DNI and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and um, demote them, essentially, in the National Security Council, I don't think has precedent, and I don't think is an encouraging sign. Well, I'm going to keep an eye on this one, because I certainly like the opinions of our Joint Chiefs in that room. And how about you just get another chair? How about yeah. you just add a seat? We don't need to bounce somebody who's got all that intel and intelligence. Senator Coons, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Senator Chris Coons, one of the good guys, I think, on the blue side of the aisle, a reasonable guy, at least he's been with me. Yeah, I know he's a Democrat. Calm down. When we get back from the, the break, Matt Walsh is scheduled to join us. He's got some opinions on the executive action taken by Donald Trump. He's also got uh, an opinion on the Supreme Court and who we should be looking for at the Supreme Court. So we'll talk to our Blaze cohort and uh, a man of many strong opinions, the, uh, the one and only Matt Walsh joins me next on The Buck Sexton Show. Michael Pelka, checking out. Come back. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> 